Hello, I'm the stand-up comedian Alfie Brown. And I'm the stand-up comedian Josh Weller. And this is Dirty Air. Arabian nights need Arabian moons. A fool off his guard could fall and fall hard out there on the dunes. Before we start the show, we're just going to take a minute to tell you to subscribe to the show right now and leave a comment because uh, it really helps. The show helps us climb up the charts. Great way to clamber up the old algorithm oh boy oh yeah clambo up the algo well much like the plume of smoke billowing out of the saudi arabian fuel silo let's get into some dirty air lovely explain to me how 20 of the best drivers well 19 of the best drivers well 18 of the best drivers in the world going round a course at over 200 miles an hour on a street course at night with all those upgrades and all that money, all that overtaking, all that fighting throughout the race, how was it boring? Uh, a couple of days before, I don't know if you'll have read about this in the news, but there was a kind of... Um, the, the small and much kind of like, you know, ignored really issue of a missile attack. Yeah, that wasn't on my bingo card for the weekend. No, when we did our preview episode, I really feel foolish uh, for have not citing missile attack. I had Hulkenberg podium before I had missile attack. We predicted uh, quite a few things correctly in the prediction episode. I did not have that down. Two things I didn't think would happen this weekend. I didn't think that Lewis wouldn't get out of Q1 in qualifying. And I didn't think that someone would shoot a missile at the race course. Not only was this like, is it one of the deadliest places to be for a sports journalist? But it's one of the deadliest places to be for a Formula One driver. It's a street circuit. Like Mick, Mick Schumacher almost like busted. How did he not bust his brainstem? Like flying around that corner at 200 miles an hour, whatever it he was in, going. Yeah, it was incredible to watch that. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. Those mad full speed S's that they do on that circuit. How, how is it not obvious to everybody that that's something that they shouldn't be doing? It, 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 it completely bamboozles me. <laughs> it was such a dramatic qualifying. Mick crashes, Lewis doesn't get out of Q1. It was it, a very, very wild qualifying leading into the race. Lewis not making Q1. Wow. Did that feel like a huge moment? Is this, is this the beginning of the end for the reign of Lewis Hamilton? I thought so many things, but one of the comforts bizarrely one of the comforts i took from the qualifying is that not everything was falling apart in quite the catastrophic way that it seemed because george was doing all right and i think louis uh, lewis hamilton had the unfortunate circumstance of doing really badly personally on the day that george russell did really well personally and it exaggerated the situation to such an extent that it made everybody go oh my God, uh, Lewis is in the toilet. Whereas actually, I think the Mercedes car is around, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth on the grid. That's where it is. Yeah, the idea that you, the idea of anyone going, Lewis Hamilton's finished is just preposterous. He's a seven-time world champion. He is not even, he's the greatest Formula One driver of all time. Whether Maybe. Well, yeah, sure. But statistically... Yeah, 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 by the number. But statistically, of... he was shit today. So, yeah. like, <laughs> like how, how how much are stats doing for us these days? But you the know? idea that he is um, run stats over forever. the hill, the yeah. idea that he's passed it is so preposterous to me. I think that um, 
He's just, I, it looks like to me what they did with the Mercedes this weekend is that they went, okay, let's try, you know, the last race, we both finished at the same place. Let's, we want to try a couple of things in one race so that we're yeah. ready for Australia. Yeah, yeah, ready yeah. My reports. God, you're talking about a man who's, hair grew back like he's 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 you know he's a miracle man like he's 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 conquered all the odds like it, it, there's there's no there's no assailing like the amount of uh, uh you know hard hard yards this man could conquer without you know coming up out coming out on top race overview christian horner is loving Every interview when no one talks to him about Mercedes, he has a glint, a glimmer in his eye. He is acting like a dad who's just got divorced and has a new young girlfriend. He's bought an Audi TT and a samurai sword. And he's, it's, <laughs> he's having, he's got a big, he's bought one of those cube TVs. But he is right now on cloud nine because no one is talking to him about Mercedes. Do you know what? If you went up to him right now with like a, a series of measuring tapes or, or and 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 and, uh, and and protractors and went, hey, do you want to have a look at this? Um, do you want to have a look at this Mercedes rear wing? And he'd go, no, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm busy. I've got to go and have lunch in a minute. But anyway. Yes, it looks great. Anyway, you know they're 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 spreading a lot of the downforce out through that wearing in a weird way that you might want. No, I don't care. Um, night 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 night. I go off to bed now to kind of. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and hug my child in its bed and pretend it's Max Verstappen. I love you. Night night. Bye bye. <laughs> we need to talk about Jensen Button's commentary. He his insistence on pronouncing it Sergio Perez and. <laughs> And Daniel Ricciardo is it drove me. He, he can't do Ricciardo. He can said he? he said Daniel. He he's like someone who you'll be cooking with him, and he'll be like, and just the spritz of oregano. You mean oregano? And he yeah. goes, no. I, when I was in Ibiza, I learned how to say oregano. Yeah. I was watching that film the other day, Dune, with Timothy Chalamet. I was like, yeah, my mum calls it sushi. And I've always been very sceptical of that. My mum calls it... <laughs> I'm just too taken with this fucking mad observation about Jensen fucking button. <laughs> Not only does he cast enough of a shadow on us as, as fucking Formula One watchers, but now we've got to analyse the way in which he gets bored about the people that we like to watch. Jesus Christ. Very interesting race in that a quarter of the cars seem to DNF all within about two minutes of each other. Like they all, like someone turned off a big power switch somewhere at the side of the circuit. <laughs> someone just went, right, this is boring. Poof. Well, I'd, at this point, I'd like to give credit to the Dirty Air podcast for calling the demise of Latifi. Well, let's get into the uh, race review. It works very well for us getting into the, um, the Constructors' Championship because I believe Williams are at the back um, with zero points. Uh, not where they belong. No, not where we want them to be, but where we've got used to seeing them. Yes, I think Claire will be happy. Um. Um, Claire, Claire will. Ah, there they are. Where I, where I left them. Where they? Mm, that's nice. Good. Well on you, boys. He crashed. We predicted it. We said he was going to crash, and he crashed. What do you think he crashed so that he could go and do? Oh, as you said, Latifi crashes so he can get out of work early and go do the things he wants. Bridgerton season two came out today. And I thought Latifi might have gone, you know what? (laughs) As he goes around lap 25, he's like, you know what? I think I just want to go watch Bridgerton. (laughs) He knows he's not, and no disrespect to him, he's a Formula One driver. I take my hat off to all these people. They're they're warriors. He knows he's not going to be a Formula One champion. 
I think that for him, half a race is enough. And I think for all of us, it's enough as well, isn't it? <laughs> None of us are going, oh, I wish we had a bit more of Latifi. <laughs> it does seem to me like at certain points in the race, um, something on his person vibrates, which is an instruction for him to immediately just pummel into the closest wall like he's in Mario Kart. Yes. Or a well, bumper is, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nicholas Latifi gets a little uh, message in his ear from the FIA going, uh, the race is quite boring now, Nicholas. Um, poor Albon as well. Like, I mean, not poor Albon. He's a Formula One driver and his mum's out of jail, so he's crushing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, his, li- his life's fantastic. Aston Martin in ninth. I mean, not much to report. Hulkenberg uh, 12th. Um, again, I mean, a lot of DNFs, but 12 is not a terrible finish for someone who has driven the car twice. Stroll 13th. What do you think What do you think Lawrence Stroll had to do or say after this race? What do you think? How do you think he reacted? Such, such arrogance, isn't it, from the parent to go, like, what, do you want to name the kid? Lawrence, please. That's a bit too close to you. Fine. Let's take some letters out. <laughs> McLaren in eighth, Danny. Danny was having a great race. 14th grid penalty to eighth. Okay, so here's the, my gripe with the race director is that he changed places with uh, Lando a couple of times and I didn't get to see what was going on. Listener, did you get to see what was going on? Yeah. Uh, Norris Norris finished seventh. That's a, that's a really, really good way to finish considering what that car seems to be doing, which is not much. Sure. Um, Google have paid a lot of money for the wheel cover on the McLaren to be the colour of the Google spinning wheel, right? All the Google colours. So when it goes round and round, all four of the wheels have these the Google colours on them. And I'd like to know who think tanked that, because that spinning wheel is what happens when your laptop's not working or going slowly. Which, in a weird way, is really <laughs> encapsulating the season McLaren are having right now. Seventh place, Alpha Tauri, Alpha Tauri. Gasly finished in eighth. Tsunoda DNF'd um, on the formation lap. Very unfortunate for him. Very unfortunate for him. I think Gasly's delivering. Eighth place is amazing for for what that car is, for for what that car's been doing the last few years, and what the drivers have been, where they've been finishing every season. I think eighth is a really good result. He should be pleased with that. I know he's not going to be pleased with that. Um, sixth place, Alfa Romeo. Uh, Zhou Guanyu eleventh again. Pretty good. Pretty good finish for him, I thought. 11th place, second race. A DNF, unfortunately, for... Time for Smacky Bud Bud Bud. I'm a bit worried that this is the end of the of his, of his uh, reign. This is the end of his comeback kid, leaving Mercedes, coming in, qualifying amazingly, finishing amazingly, then qualifying amazingly again. I'm a bit worried that this DNF is the signal that it's probably not going to return to that standard. It's funny, isn't it? Because most of Bottas' season start with everyone. When you think about it, the last three or four years, everyone goes, oh my God, Valtteri Bottas, he's grown a beard, he's given the finger, he's, you know... Everyone's like, oh, wow, he's back. He's, this is this is the new 2.0. This is the Terminator 2 Judgment Day. This is, he's really back. And and then by the third race, everyone's like, oh, no. Yeah, no, he's second fiddle. Yeah. And I worry. I really hope this isn't the case. I really hope when I saw them, that little drone shot go, the crane shot go over the, the his pit and they all the drivers came out and they rotate, they put that thing under the car, they rotated it and put it into the garage. I hope that wasn't a, a metaphor. No, he's got a Ferrari car now. If he, if he had gone down to a mercedes engine that might be the case but they can't turn him down now 
He's in a he's in a separate he's joined NATO. I have high hopes for Valtteri. Alfa Romeo will maintain this level. The other teams will see what they've done and correct a lot of mistakes and as a natural effect of that, Alfa Romeo will fall down the pack. But I still think that Valtteri will have a really like rewarding and cool season mm. where he gets to be square-jawed and blue-eyed. And He seems like um, such a nice guy. He, he seems like the kind of guy that if you went to the pub... Uh, after the night out, everyone would go, oh, like, they go, he was really nice, but he didn't really contribute much. <laughs> Fifth place, Haas. Obviously, Mick Schumacher um, didn't uh, race. Um, Magnussen finished ninth. Um, again, like, he was an absolute trooper during uh, qualifying, like, damaged his damaged himself quite intensely. Yeah. And, and th- mate, I, it was just, I never thought I would see this in a race. I never thought I would see Kevin Magnussen let Lewis Hamilton pass while Magnussen's thinking, I'll get him on the next corner. <laughs> I never thought I would see Magnussen decelerate, slow down and go, I'll just let Lewis pass. I'll get him on the net. It blew my mind when I saw that. Also, Kevin Magnussen has his hair done like it's the first day of primary school. Like every single time I see him, it's the first day of primary school. He's very, very excited. It's, oh my God, my parents are going to be taking photos. Fourth place, Alpine, Ocon sixth and Fernando Alonso, unfortunately. Oh my God, that was good, wasn't it? A very frustrated Fernando Alonso getting out of his lovely pink car and Ocon, Ocon bringing the, that's amazing to finish. But they, they gave us the first bit of the race or at least the director of the race only wanted us to see those two cars. Yeah, they were really going for it and um, fighting each other as teammates, which, you know, that's the fun, that's the, that's the interesting thing about Formula One is it's a one man sport, but it's a team sport and that conflict is what makes, can make each race very, very interesting. And I would rather watch every race where they're racing like that than the, than someone, oh, Valtteri, it's James, can you let Lewis, but I would rather they just fought it out on the track like they did it was just it was totally absorbing and uh and wonderful to watch and we'd we've all been sold the idea of them as a double act mm. we've all been sold the idea of them as two people who really get along we've all been sold the idea of them who will and they've both fought for each other in the past haven't they mm-hmm. and now to have them be like going up against each other it was really really wonderful to see them go up against each other given how much like respect you know you me or everybody has for Fernando Alonso and and how kind of cool and sexy he is and how much we'd like him to date our mum. Like, and Esteban Ocon, how much we hate him to date our mum. Esteban Ocon seems like someone to me who always has chewits on him. (laughs) (laughs) Esteban Ocon seems like... That's such a fucking stupid observation. It's absolutely correct. (laughs) It seems like... He seems like the kind of guy who every day... His stylist has to go to him, Ocon, don't tuck your t-shirt in. And Ocon's like, no, I I just, it's more comfortable for me to have it tucked in. Because he's a little nerd. He's a cute little nerdy kid. And I love him for it. One of the, like, it's going to be like a Biff Tannen Back to the Future moment. Like in uh, 10 years time when he finally lamps Verstappen. Oh yeah! Oh my God! When he's gonna finally, happen? When he finally gets him back for that? When he, uh, like, because it was it was so bleak and horrible when he like 
ducked back from Verstappen and laughed. He laughed as laughed well. That was awkward. He knocked Verstappen off track on when uh, uh, can't remember what circuit was it Brazil or something. Yeah, years and years ago, he was weighing himself. He's doing his weigh-in after the race, and Max came over to him and was like, "Hey, what are you doing? I'm here to I'm here to race. You know, I'm not here to be a yeah, boy." Yeah, he knocked him off. He tried to overtake him. And, and yeah, after and being it lapped. didn't help that he was in a pink jumpsuit. It didn't help in the moment, did it? Was and it? he's wearing his pink pajamas, and and the young bull comes over, hopped up on sugary fucking space juice <laughs> third place red bull perez fourth um with a penalty and max obviously the race winner max spent a lot of the race um and i know all the drivers do this and i know they only air max for reasons of uh, viewership and but it, t- it seemed like max spent a lot of the race snitching on charles leclerc while he was in front of him hey do you know what I uh, only heard him do that once. He said the harvesting light wasn't um, flashing when the battery was harvesting, mm-hmm. which is a sign that they know that they can kind of overtake because the car's going a little bit slower because it's harvesting power. Mm-hmm. And then he kept saying that um, Charles was crossing the white line of the pit entry, which you're obviously not allowed to do because it kind of cuts up one of the corners, means you can gain a little bit of extra sure. time. Um, but he was very, very vocal in snitching on young Charles. And this is the interesting thing I find about... Watching Charles and Max joust, watching them fight, is it's it's weirdly light-hearted and fun, like two boys, like Simba and Nala at the start of The Lion King before their parents die, right? Mm. It's and whereas there was like there was like brevity and rage and darkness to Lewis and Max fighting last year whereas watching charles and max today felt really fun it felt like oh he's overtaking he's overtaking he's got him he's got him they're gonna get him on the next corner and then after the race even the handshake it just it felt more like the two boys had were finally in seniors at big school and like lewis is just this big dinosaur this big shadow that max just can't believe that he has to sit in front of and at the moment he's so happy that that dinosaur is, I'm not calling Lewis Hamilton dinosaur, but metaphorically, but he's at the back of the grid right now. And watching the two of them fight today, I was like, oh, okay, this is genuinely like a new breed. Yeah. This is the first time we've really, really seen this, is the Ferrari and the Red Bull fighting with Mercedes just completely out of it. I'm feeling increasingly sorry for uh, Carlos Sainz because it just feels like he might be... It's always very, very hard for a race, uh, for, a, for a driver, I think, when they are going through the process of realising they're not as good as their uh, teammate. <laughs> well, Ferrari, again, great, good segue. Ferrari, uh, obviously, um, second, third. But, like, Sainz was... Oh, it's so hard to be... I mean, I hate... I'm not saying this, but, it, it, you know, it's, like, it's very hard to be Art Garfunkel, you know? Because you're part of Simon and Garfunkel, but you're not Paul Simon. Mm. And that must Art Garfunkel. He's part of Art and Gar, uh, the, the, the great one of the greatest musical duos of all time. Wrote some of the greatest songs, the most beautiful harmonies. But everyone will remember Paul Simon way more. Sure, but I also think that might be harder if you're still working on your first hit. <laughs> and that's what they're doing. They're still working on their first hit. My moment of the race today was um, when the uh, safety car went in and uh, Leclerc had the lead and Max did his classic thing where he basically tries to overtake the car in front, right? Matt, they're, they're racing alongside and Max likes to go right up to that driver so that he goes, come on, let's go, gaining uh, an advantage in that he will be you know, very, very close to being in front of that driver while technically not being in front of them. And Leclerc waved at him. Leclerc gave him a wave as in like, I see what you're doing, you little brat. And then he just waited for the corner and Leclerc just drifted as race leader, drifted directly in front of Max 
and then sped up on the corner to start the race. I it was a mark. disappeared in a puff of smoke. Oh, man, it was so beautiful. And it, was, it was so beautiful, but it wasn't as beautiful as we would love it to be because it didn't win him the race. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's what this... I mean, it was in- a very interesting moment when Max won across the line and his uh, race... Um, guy his race man went um well yeah. done charles that's kickstarted 2022 let's go and i just felt sorry for perez perez in that moment i was like oh poor sergio sergio perez because Sergio. because only at that moment that was when red bull went okay here we go the season started when he qualified first yesterday perez is also garfunkling and it's going to be very very interesting to see how this season unfolds at the minute because there's a lot of second drivers who are having very very interesting moments against the first driver whether it's russell with hamilton whether it's signs with Leclerc, whether it's perez today with verstappen i think perez today with perez uh, today with uh, Verstappen was very temporary. I don't think that you'll see that happen a lot. But I again uh, to contradict myself, what I just said, what Christian Horner said about uh, Sergio Perez and the fact that the car suits him more this year is a really, really interesting thing to look out for. It's really cool because it means that actually there might be more in this. Uh, for him and it gives some explanation to the idea that he might have started with more enthusiasm than um max verstappen i don't think that's what it was i think horner just knows how to make a columnage work for the day and he knows that everyone will forget about the fact that he said that by the end of next week i think he just knew today it was best to like like horner would horner would sell his own wife for 10 world championships or for one world championship right and i'd buy her for it <laughs> and and Horner today when he was like yeah Paris oh Paris is the one he's in front okay yeah he's my favorite he's my favorite he's my favorite today because he's the one that's winning and as soon as Max is on the front he's going to be right back up there sniffing Max's farts um anyway on that note um before we end this I'm going to read out um Red Bull's sponsors today here's the thing with Formula One is they have all these sponsors and I think it's a real proof that the marketing and the advertising of Formula One doesn't work because I'm now going to read out all of Red Bull's sponsors right minus Puma right stop me when you know what any of these companies do okay Bybit Uh, buying Bitcoin Ralk. That is uh, Ralcom powder. It's a new (laughs) brand of um, it's a new brand of talcum powder. Here's another one. America Movil. America Movil. M O V I L. Yeah. Well, no, no, I know what that is. Of course, that's a that's a small hamlet of people that only have mustaches. But sadly, the mo. Uh, in, a vi- in a village, a it ville. It doesn't work. So it's, it's it like was they- America of Mo Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. They called it Moville, uh, so <laughs> they could um, market it properly. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's what that is. Inter, just Inter, just the word Inter. What's the word Inter? These are the sponsors of a of a hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, and it's, and every every race I see this on their jumpsuit. Inter. I have no idea what it means. Well, how's it spelled? I n like Inter. I n t e r. Like like. Perez is into fourth place at the end of the race. Oh, yes. No, I know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a um, a marketing company for uh, fungal uh, infection ointment. Polly. That is uh, what I'm trying to convince uh, Jesse to be with me. <laughs> Ocean Bottle. I think I know what this is. This is like a bottle. Oh, yeah. That stings company, isn't it? It's a... Um, <laughs> 
It's a uh, drinking bottle that you use more than once. Message in a bottle. Message in an ocean bottle. He should do that as an advert. I would, yeah, bu- yeah. I would buy an ocean bottle if I saw Sting go, a- Walk down this, I don't believe what I saw. Hundred billion ocean bottles. Please don't get annoyed at my accent. Yeah. He's been singing with a Jamaican accent for 40 years. No one said a thing. It's, I saw him the other day on TV and he was going, so yeah, we're just going to do this song. It's called uh, English Man in New York. I don't drink oh, coffee. I think. Drink it to you, my dear. <laughs> Sting seems like someone who would be... <laughs> Him at like his mate's garden party, still refusing to not do a Jamaican weird, like you know, Caribbean accent, like whatever he thinks is the like my toaster on one side, uh, you can hear it in my accent when I talk. Yeah, when you talk, not when you fucking sing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been Dirty Air. We'll see you for the Australian race preview very soon. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a comment. Leave a comment. This show rises up the charts. You are in charge of our fate, our the duty. It is your duty, your moral obligation as listeners of this show to give us a... F- and we only want five stars. Don't mess us around. Uh, this has been the Dirty Air podcast with Josh Weller and Alfie Brown. Alfie.